All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, how are we doing, man? Yeah, I mean, no words. No words um, for where this baseball team is at. It felt like yesterday where we were getting excited about Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, Corey Kniebel, you know, all these new faces, all these guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, all these guys that we were we were hoping would come in and kind of change things. And, and here we are sitting four games below 500. The Mets aren't even in the picture at the moment. They're cruising up at first yeah. place, having, having a grand old time. And it's just it's just more of the same. And it's frustrating. I saw the word embarrassing tossed around quite a bit this weekend with how they just came out so lifeless. I mean, of course, they blow the seven-run lead against the Mets a couple days ago. Um, you know, we're going to get into singling out a couple names here on this episode. But I think overall, just the entire state of the club, Kevin, it's just bad. Well, we're just going to get into it, David. I mean, they have no no identity. Like, they just don't. Uh if you've noticed, like, when they pitch, man, they don't hit. When they hit, they don't pitch. Um, there's no consistency. There's no fire. Like, you know, like, we joke on this show, David, a lot. And, like, a running theme we do is, like, oh, but he's a good person. Like, because that seems to be the narrative a lot of people tend to go to. Um, at what point is that, like, a downfall for the team? Because they have no personality. They have no personality, David. Like nothing, nothing at all. Um, it's the same mopey, you know, hanging your head, walking around. It's the same mistakes we've been making for the last five years. This is, uh, David, I think you could argue that this is worse than the 2014, 2015, 2016, because there's expectations attached to this team. Those years, you just knew that team wasn't good. You know, it's whatever. They're going to come to the ballpark every day. They're probably going to lose seven out of ten games. It is what it is. You know, this team, you know, the last couple of years, we've we've had some expectation. We thought they were going to, you know, thought they are going to win the division, you know, have a chance to win the World Series. They can't get out of their own way, David. And it's the same things. Like, they're not learning from their mistakes. They're making the same mistakes over and over. They, they have absolutely no identity. And this is coming from someone who, you know, a lot of times on this show I preach that it's early. You know, there's a lot of time to figure it out. And at the same time, it is early, David. They they could get this figured out. However, if everything I've seen over the last couple of years would signal to me, what's probably going to happen, David, is they're going to make a little push. They'll get back to 500, and they'll drop four or five again. Then they'll make a little push. You know, they might get two or three games over 500, and then they'll drop seven out of ten. You know, that's just kind of where this team has been, man. They, 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 they can't get too high, and they can't get too low. They just hang out in mediocrity. This has been an incredibly, incredibly mediocrity-filled era of Phillies baseball over the last five-plus years. And it's just – at some point, you just become numb to it. It's just exhausting, you know? Yeah, and I think a mopey is probably the best way to describe the team because it's every game. Every time they blow a lead, every time somebody strikes out with with the bases loaded or grounds into a – uh, you know, a deadly double play. It's a bunch of hanging your heads. It's a bunch of kind of pouting. It's a bunch of slow walking back to the dugout. Like, what are we doing? Like, genuinely, what what is the plan? Because there is good players on this baseball team. Like, 
We got MVPs. We got all-stars. We got silver sluggers. Like, we have some legitimately good baseball players. We got top prospects who are finally, you know, breaking onto the scene. I mean, Alec Bohm has been one of the few bright spots of this organization. You got veterans who've been there and done that. Like, there, there are good players on this baseball team. And it seems like we slapped them all together. And everybody's just pouting around, kind of depressed a little bit, just being sad and feeling sorry for themselves. And, and, and it's, it's just hard to watch. Because you're right, you go back to 2015, 2014, these teams stunk. But I did feel like they were playing with some life. I mean, Michael Franco was always bat flipping, always getting excited. Look, he, he's bad at baseball. Don't want Michael Franco bad. But I did like his energy, right? Like even, even someone as, as gross as a Jake Arietta, sometimes he'd get fired up and yell at people. And I was okay with that. I actually yeah. appreciated that. I mean, for what it's worth, the Jake Arietta era of Phillies baseball was just as productive as, as this current era. They, they're going to win about the same amount of games. They're going to finish around 500 at this current rate. So it's, it's this lack of identity, this lack of passion, which I do think starts with the manager. And I've defended Joe in the past. And I'm about, about damn tired of his, his lack of fire in the dugout, especially considering he's, he's won a World Series. He knows what it yeah. takes. And I feel like he just doesn't care anymore. He's like, I've won my World Series. I'm cashing my checks. He's clueless. I've been saying it for over a year, a year and a half now. Um, but I also think he's probably frustrated with some of his players' lack of kind of fire and passion. I mean, some of the yeah. homegrown guys, your Reese Hoskins, your Aaron Nolas, they're quiet. They don't want to talk. Bryce Harper's never been much of a yeller. JT Romito, I've heard this dude talk like three times his entire Phillies career. Um, you know, you were hoping for something from Schwarber and Castellanos. They seem to kind of be settling into that that quiet mentor role. And like, we do need a couple guys to really just start screaming, start yelling, get ejected, start a fight. Like, I don't care. Give me something to prove that there's a pulse with this baseball team. Nice guys finish last, David. (laughs) That seems to be the trend with this team. Is it not? Um, And you're, you're right. Girardi is probably frustrated with what this team has, has been able to do so far, but you know what, David, he's the face of the team in the sense of like, obviously he's not the face of the franchise, but he's their leader. He's literally the manager of the ball club. He's you're their head coach. I know it's not called that in baseball, but like he is their leader. He, he might be frustrated, but it's kind of on him to uh, push the right buttons to get this thing back on track. And for those people who don't want to be critical of him because he won a World Series, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago at this point, with a Hall of Fame infield where all four players in his infield are Hall of Fame caliber players, and he had CC Sabathia at his peak. He had the greatest closer of all time. Uh, I mean, like, you can go on and on. Like, that Yankees team was absolutely stacked. And we saw it firsthand because they beat the Phillies. Um, I don't care what he did 13 years ago, David. Um, I'm tired of people hanging their hat on that. Well, well, he did this, he did that. A long time ago. It was a different era of baseball. The game has changed. Uh, I, I don't know if Girardi has changed enough to be able to fluctuate in today's game. Um, because you know what, David? These, these rosters have talent on them. Um, and for the people who want to continue to defend them, they haven't done shit in his time here. Excuse my language. The most games they've won is 82 games. Um, they're four, they're four games under 500 in Joe Girardi stint in Philadelphia. That about sums it up for you. I shouldn't have to go into any further of, you know, why it's been disappointing because at the end of the day, he was supposed to be the guy that was going to help lift us up. You know, we let go of Gabe Kapler for that reason. Um, who all he's done is go out to San Francisco. He had 107 wins last year. That team continues to play with fire. Um, I love the energy that he's had out in San Fran where, you know, they're stealing bases up six, seven runs. They're hitting and running uh, with big leads in games, and they're getting pushed back from the league. And and their mentality is just we're going to keep scoring. If a team wants us not to bunt, they should defend the bunt. 
Um, I think the Phillies could use that type of energy right now. And unfortunately, they had it in-house and it's not here anymore. But that's not the point of this rant. Um, it's more so that this team is just continues to trip over itself. You know, they take one step forward, two steps back. And this isn't a new thing, David. This has been going on for a long time. Yeah, and I, I think the most frustrating part with Joe is, is he was retired. Like, <laughs> he was sitting at home, probably somewhere in Florida, a nice sunny beach, and he came out of retirement to coach this team, you know, to manage this baseball team. Um, you know, obviously, the, the check that Middleton cashed to get him was probably a big reason why. But, like, this, it's his legacy on the line. Like, the Phillies weren't good before. They're probably not going to be very good after Joe and unless they, they really switch things up. Like, this was, this was an opportunity for Girardi to establish himself as one of the best managers in baseball history. If you win in New York and Philadelphia, I don't know if anyone has ever done that. Like, this, this was all on him. And he came in and he just kind of seems like, yeah, just mopey, relaxed, like, whatever. Like, why are you here then? Like, <laughs> go retire again. What's the point of you being here? There's the old here? classic. Yeah, he's just sitting there. Arms um, crossed. You know, yeah. I mean, granted, like I said, I don't think it's all on Joe, but I, I do think his kind of just relaxed nature to everything is, is a big reason they're in the position they're in. And I think kind of segueing into our next point, some of the players within this organization, and I want to kind of word this very clearly, who have been around for a while, and some of them are good baseball players. But when you underperform in 2017 and underperform in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and 2021, and now 2022. And Kevin, it's the same players that fans are defending year after year after year. No, they're not the problem. They're part of the solution. They're He's so too nice good. of a guy, man. They're too nice of a guy. Oh, you know, their family's super cute on, on Instagram or whatever. Like when it's the same guys every single year that you're you're ruthlessly defending, and yet the team does not win. You gotta start to put two and two together. Um, and I think people who've listened to the show for a while probably know the direction we're going. We're talking about Reese Hoskins. And I think it's important to state that Reese is not the reason the Phillies are, are bad. Right? He's yeah. not the reason they're four games below. He's, not. He's just kind of been here the whole mediocre the whole mediocre era that we've just been discussed. He's been the face of it, David. <laughs> he's not he's not the problem, but he's no. not part of the solution. And I think there's other players on this organization who aren't part of the solution. I mean, you look at a a Gene Segura type character, he's never won anything. You, you look at a Didi Gregorius type character, you know, he won way back when with the Yanks. Like, he's not that guy anymore. Um, you know, you, you talk about maybe Odubel Herrera, like, he's probably a bench bat. You don't want him as your starting center fielder. Maybe dip into the rotation. Like, Eflin, like, is, are his knees healthy? When he's healthy, he's great. When he's not, he's not very usable. Um, you know, Kyle Gibson, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, he's been very good. But, like, are you hinging your playoff hopes on a Kyle Gibson who's never won anything in his career? I don't know, an Aaron Nola type character. Again, when he's on, when he's cooking, he's fantastic. When he's off, he's off. Um, and there's too many guys like this in the organization. But I, I do think kind of the, the poster child for that is Reese Hoskins because every year fans want to tell us how great he is, how special he is. Oh, this is the year he breaks out. Every offseason yeah. there's a new article. Yeah. Oh, this is the year Reese Hoskins breaks out. I'm like, brother, MVP he's almost every year. Yeah, It's every year. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm certainly – about about done here in the defense for Reese Hoskins, considering how just bad the Phillies have been with him as, as kind of the face of this new era. Yeah, and we've kind of reached the point, you know, for a lot of our listeners who are probably involved on Phillies Twitter. You know, they they see a lot of what goes on on there. Um, 
if you've noticed, the Reese Hoskins defenders have really ramped up recently, and I think it's because a lot of people have started to swung the other way of this guy and this this way this team is constructed is just not it. David, I had people yesterday comparing him to Mike Trout because Mike Trout's never won anything in Los Angeles. It's not even a conversation I'm willing to have with you, not you, just in general, because that's such an asinine statement, and it really makes me question your baseball IQ and how much you really follow the game, if that's you know the argument you're going to lean on. Well, Mike Trout's never won anything in Los Angeles. If Reese Hoskins was doing what Mike Trout does on the baseball field, I would not be complaining one bit about him, would not be pointing the finger that you know he's an issue with the roster. So to even like have that thought in your brain is just absolutely ridiculously asinine. Uh, your opinion really diminishes in my mind. You know, when you when you come out with a statement like that, because it's just you can tell it's firing me up right now. It's so absolutely ridiculous. It makes you look like you have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, at the start of this little segment here, um, just because you're critical of a player doesn't mean you're pointing the finger at him that he's the reason. We're not saying Reese Hoskins is the main reason for why this Phillies team is where it is. But at what point are we allowed to be critical of the guy without having to get the pushback of, oh, well, batting average doesn't matter in today's age? Okay, that's fine. He's hitting a buck 80. A buck 80. Batting average might not matter as much, David, but you cannot be hitting a buck 80. What's his OPS? Uh, 638. 638. Yeah, 638. All right. So then there you go. Right, does OPS matter? You know, because you want to continue to say that these stats don't count. Um, I understand, David, that he's a prob- probably a good person. I get that. His family seems cool. You know, they're all on social. Uh, you know, he seems like a likable guy. Um, but at the end of the day, I really don't care anymore about that, David. Obviously, there is a line in the sand that gets drawn. But I want this team to win baseball games. I am tired of sticking my neck out for these guys who are clearly losers. Um, you know, I continue to see, well, over the last X amount of games, he's the number one first baseman in extra base hits. There's more to the game than extra base hits. And you nailed that with, with talking to me last night. There's way more that goes into it. Oh, and you know how far 162 games stretches for Reese Hoskins? It goes back to the 2019 season because that's another thing. He can't stay on the field. I'm just so over it, David. Um, he honestly should have been gone two seasons ago. And we're still having the same conversation. I, I pose the question to you because I have it here on the screen if you're following along on YouTube. When are we allowed to be critical of Reese Hoskins? Yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a good question. Because um, I don't know when it is. I thought we were at this point at least two years ago, man. Yeah, maybe when his batting average dips down to a hundred, we can start. Batting average doesn't that. matter. I don't want to hear it. It doesn't matter in today's game. Um, no, and I, I think it's, it, it is ridiculous when you have a player who's, who's been as bad at the plate as he's been this year. I mean, it's 95 at best. He stinks, David. He it, it's not. Like, I don't isn't... care what he did last year. Yeah. I don't care what he did in 2017. He stinks. He is not helping this team at all. No, yeah. I mean, it's, I, when someone's has an OPS below 700, we shouldn't have to justify our criticisms. That doesn't make any sense. If Nick Castellanos was batting 180, I would criticize him. When Schwarber was batting 180, we criticize him. Granted, we all have confidence he turned it around, which he has. He's been one of the best players this season. 
from a pure OPS perspective. But when someone's laboring like this through 95 at-bats, like that's not a small sample size. We're 20 games into the season, and it's 20 games down the drain because one of our quote-unquote best players who's playing a premium position, first base, like around the league, that is one of the, the heaviest offense-producing positions in the sport. Okay, and They're already kind of making a spot for him because we'd rather have Bohm there. We'd rather have Schwarber there. We might we might want JT there in the oh, future. He, he's not – look, we can be critical of him and people can defend him. He is not a part of their future plans. No, they would not have not. handed Kyle Schwarber $20 million if he was in their future plans because you can argue that you know they put up relatively similar numbers, although I would take Kyle Schwarber over Reese Hoskins. Um, they're not going to pay both of those guys. So the writing's on the wall. When when they handed out two two big money contracts to two yeah. DHs, they weren't they're not keeping. And you know what the sad thing is, David, is he's had every opportunity to secure his spot in this core in this organization. And and you know, unsurprisingly, you know, if you've watched the Phillies the last couple of years, um, he hasn't solidified it. And how many times, David, do we have two guys on base, you know, one out, maybe even two outs, Reese Hoskins at the plate, and he strikes out. Or he pops up. There's no shortening up his swing. There's no change in approach. You nailed it before we came on the air. He does not change his swing, David, at all. We we'll down 0-2 in the county. He's still up there looking to Homer. You know, there's more to the game than that. Um, it's it's just um, it's just really exhausting. You know, because you know everybody wants to defend him, and it's just kind of like I don't understand what he's done or helped the team accomplish. You know, he great. He hits a big home run when they're up seven to one. Like, that's great. You know, that's awesome. I know he has some power, um, but he is not a winning ball player. He's not a winning ball player. You know where he's going to end up, David? He's going to end up in like Kansas City, um, you know, Washington. He's going to end up on a mm-hmm. shitty team, just like Michael Franco, Cesar Hernandez. It's like all those guys from that era of Phillies baseball who are probably starters in the league but are going to end up on some team that finishes in fourth or fifth place every single season. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I, I think that's probably a good fit for Reese. He goes to Cincinnati, he goes to Kansas City, he gets yeah, he secures yeah, he some money. He's a, yeah, and he's a Borash guy. He'll get paid. Yeah, be right? a good guy, you know. Yeah, settle down. Like, I'm all yeah. for that, but that's not what we're trying to do with Philly. Um, I want a funny to tweet. A funny tweet that Kevin that you sent me last night that I want to talk about real quick. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna out the guy, but if if you're on Philly's Twitter, you probably know who tweeted it. He he was trying to make the argument that Reese Hoskins is so good when he's hot <laughs> that it's like having an extra Bryce Harper for 81 games and then having you know some terrible first baseman for the other 81 games. Yeah, it's worth so, it though. It's worth it. And I guess that's that's kind of the big question is, is are his hot streaks good enough? Because he will get hot. It's coming. I don't know when it's coming. It could be in June. could be in July. He's going to go on a three-week tear, and all the Reese defenders are going to come crawling out of yeah. out of the woods and, and ready to tweet. I told you. Yeah, I told you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the question is, is are his hot streaks good enough to justify his cold streaks? First of all, the answer is no for so many reasons. I think the first answer is his hot streaks are not Bryce Harper level. They never have been. They never will be, okay? His, his, his career OPS is, is mid-800. Bryce Harper's okay? a two-time MVP. Bryce Harper's a two-time MVP. <laughs> whose who's OPS hangs around 1,000 most yeah. of the year. He goes cold <laughs> yeah. for a little bit, and then he goes on a tear where his OPS is like 1,400. You know so why, dude? Because he'll smack a single. Like, you yes. know, it's not just – it's not boom or bust with Bryce Harper. So, 
first of all, statistically speaking, no. Reese Hoskins' hot streaks are not Bryce Harper level. They're not Mike Trout level. They're good. They're nothing great. His cold streaks are something else. They're bad. They're unusable. He looks like a triple-A player. Legitimately unplayable. He, He should be on the bench right now. He should be on the bench. It's like having Andrew Knapp. It's, it, it really is. I mean, he's batting under the Mendoza line. Like, what are we doing here? Having Andrew Knapp. His on-base percentage is under 300. He's not walking, which I thought he was spectacular at. Yeah. Um, but I think kind of the second point to that is there is more to the game than hitting. And I know we got the whole ball-go-boom lineup, right? The beefy boys. We want to hit a bunch of home runs. I'm, I'm with that. It's a lot of fun. Here's the problem. When Bryce Harper's slumping, he's working his ass off on the base pads. He's given everything he can defensively to help his team win. Kevin, he's bunting. He's yeah. trying to he's trying to bunt to first. He's stealing. He's doing all the little things right, knowing that when his swing comes back, he's ready to go. That's why he yeah. wins MVP. That's why his war is so high. Right? I mean, you talk about a guy like JT, whose offensive numbers aren't always the prettiest. Most of the time, Reese is hitting the ball better than JT. But JT's giving you defense. He's giving you base running. He's giving you all the little things right. He's busting his ass on infield. Hits a little chopper to shortstop. JT's doing everything he can to beat that out. David, it's why we're not being critical of Bryce Harper for the Phillies being a 500 team. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's yeah, why watch, we're not being critical of him. You watch the game, like, oh, the whole eye test. Like, whatever. You can, you can look at the defensive metrics. You can look at the base running war. Like, these What's players are giving it their all. What's his warp, though, man? <laughs> What's his, I mean, it feels like the Jokic <laughs> in beat argument. It really does. It's like we're, 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 we're doing high-level calculus to determine if a guy hitting 180 is a good player. Yeah, but that's the problem with Reese. He can't defend. He can't run the bases. He can't bunt. He's not stealing. He's not. He's not really working counts and trying to you know draw a bunch of walks. Like he's just not really doing anything out there. If he was, it'd be a different conversation. That's like Johan Camargo ain't nothing special, but you know he's going to give you good defense. You know he's going to hustle on the base paths. He's a switch hitter, which has its own benefits. Like the idea that Reese just gets a pass for everything because he's going to hit thirty home runs and he's a good person. And he's a good person, of course. Like that is that is a losing player, in my opinion. And I shouldn't have to argue that when he's won nothing, no all stars, no silver sluggers, no gold clubs. Well, he was in the derby that one. He was in the derby. You know what, Kevin? He lost the derby. He lost the derby. Um, You know, never been to the playoffs. Never won a playoff game. Like nothing. There's nothing there. So I shouldn't like the fact that we're still having this conversation in 2022. In his contract year, he's 29 years old. He's 29 years old. This is his athletic peak. This yeah. is his prime. You know what Bryce Harper was doing at 29? Winning the goddamn MVP. I don't even know if he is 29 yet. He might be a little bit younger. Whatever. <laughs> winning the MVP. You know what Cassianos was doing? Will winning the Silver Slugger. Kyle Schwarber, he was getting traded to Boston and being their goddamn leadoff hitter as they almost made the World yeah. Series. Stop the nonsense. Stop. Yeah. And you know what sucks, too, is his values plummeted, man. So it's like, what could they even get for him? If you, if Nothing. You were, I mean, it's no, there's yeah. no market for a player yeah. like that. Like, he if might go on a serious. hot streak and you can, you can bully a team. You know, like maybe Seattle was like, oh, like we're trying to make a playoff push and get a couple prospects. Just leave him there when we're out there this week. Yeah, just leave him there. Like, But you're right. I think that the time to make a move was probably this past offseason, and, and they held on to him, which I understood why. Like, there's, there's that potential, that ceiling we're always talking about, but it hasn't worked. Yeah. Um, it's you summed it up. I mean, and, and like, like you said, and, and like the point we just made, like about Bryce Harper, like you know, for the people who were saying, well, Mike Trout's not a winner either. Again, there's a reason why we're not being critical of a Mike Trout or a Bryce Harper. Yeah, you know, that what they're doing on the baseball field clearly is winning a winning style of baseball. And yes, ro- roster construction plays a part in it, David. 
Um, but the, the difference between Mike Trout and Bryce Harper compared to a Reese Hoskins, who, let's be real, is a dime a dozen. Um, you know, it's really not even a conversation. It's really not. And, like, that's not me trying to be rude on Twitter. Um, it's trying to dismiss somebody's point. Um, but it's just – it's such a non-starter of a conversation that it's not worth the energy from me to even discuss it with you. Because from where where it is, from the jump, if that's what you're going to bring to me, it just shows me that I'm going to be talking to a wall. There's no reason to even debate it with you. So, But, yeah, I think we uh, – I think we hit the nail on the head there, man. I mean, the Reese Hoskins love and the defense of – it's not even just Reese, David. It's – Every guy who's been a major part of this uh, this organization in the last five, six, seven years, the people that just to continue to want to defend these guys. Um, it's the syndrome of, uh, you know, when an Eagles take a guy in the sixth or seventh round and they're like, steal, absolute steal. This guy's going to be awesome. It's just Philly fans just overdoing the narrative of their own guys. Like, it's just kind of like take a step back and like take an unbiased view of what you're watching. Is this really what you deem to be like worth your energy of defending and fighting for? Because they're not fighting for you. It's clear, you know, they, they're, they've not been a good baseball team. So, you know, what else can you really say? You know, if they were playing with some energy, David, and some life, then, you know, maybe, you know, all right, you know, I, I could get behind that, but there's just nothing. It, it, it truly is just bland and boring and a whole lot of nothing. Um, kind of a point I made off the air. And then we'll, we'll jump into the, the next topic here. We've, we've talked about Reese enough here. Um, but I kind of compared it to, you know, the, the hardcore Ben Simmons defenders, the hardcore yeah. Carson Wentz defenders who, you know, hands up. I, I used to love me some Carson Wentz. But even those made more sense than some of the people who defend the Phillies because those players had one stuff. You know, Carson Wentz almost won MVP. You know, he was he was a couple games away from securing that. Ben Simmons, two-time All-Star, you know, all oh, NBA third team, team the, yeah. almost a defensive player of the year. Like he had some accolades. There were accolades. You know, Wentz was a Pro Bowler. There were there were accolades. You look at a guy like Reese, guy like Gene, guy like Didi, you know, some of these other guys, there's no accolades. There's nothing. You know, like, oh, I made all-star from 2014. It wasn't even a Philly. You know, Gene hasn't won nothing as a member of the Phillies. You know, Reese has won nothing. Like, we're, we're wasting our time defending guys who have never won in their careers. There's nothing yeah. to hold on to. You know, there's just nothing. So I don't understand it. I, you know, I, I, I love the idea of homegrown guys, you know, guys who we want to be good, likable, good guy, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, like, we're wasting our time sticking up for guys who you put it the best who aren't sticking up for us. They're not giving us their best on the field. Either they're not good enough or they're not trying hard enough or it's a combination of the both. But we are genuinely wasting our time having the same conversation every single season. Yeah, and I mean, as you know, if you're following along on YouTube, the standings are rolling across the bottom right now. The Phillies are seven games out, David. You know, you can preach it's early. I do it. I do it every year. Seven games out is a significant hole to dig out of at any point in the season. So. <laughs> well, you know, if there's a time for urgency, it's right now. You know, we, we've got to get going. I don't even think you can even look at the Mets like you said right now. The Phillies, there is enough time in the season where you got to focus on yourself. You know, it's only May. 
stop worrying about what other teams are doing and worry about what you do. You know, if the Phillies just continue to take care of their business, they'll be fine. But here's the thing. They need to start taking care of their business. So, you know, now they're heading out west, David, you know, looking for answers. They're going into Seattle. Then they go to Los Angeles. Seven-game trip, David. This um, this could bury their season early. This is an incredibly important series, uh, series uh, road stand, road trip. Incredibly important. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. what team goes up. I mean, it's not exactly the best time for a road trip to happen. Um, to go out west, too, like that's yeah. not easy. Um, you know, and we know what LA is. I believe they have the best starting rotation ERA in baseball. They're good. They're really good. We got to go play Freddie Freeman again. Um, yeah. Seattle, they're not. They're not the best right now. They're kind of starting a little slow they, themselves. They play well at home, though. They do play well at home, and they got some guys. They also have a pretty good rotation. Um, their offense hasn't performed up to expectations. They kind of missed on their their big off season goal of, of getting a Chris Bryant type character. But it's still a good ball club who's playing better than the Phils. But they got some young guys really contributing. Um, so it's certainly no easy task. You know, you're going out seven games. You know, at minimum, you gotta you gotta pull away with four. No clue how they're gonna do that. Uh, with well, Seattle's two and eight in their last ten. So yeah, like I said, they're not they're not playing the best baseball they, right now, but they are. You gotta jump on them. Um, especially you can win the night to get the trip started. Yeah, but uh, it's certainly yeah litmus test here where if you keep you keep slipping like yeah it's early but it's also getting late real fast. Yeah, um, seven games out of first place, you're closer to the Nationals than you are the Mets. Um, definitely not a great spot to be in this. You were two year. times as close to the Nationals as you are the Mets. Yeah, I if mean, you they, doubled it what you are up on the Nationals, you'd still be a game behind the Mets. They're a, they're a fourth place team, and I think the idea of just you know waiting for this Mets collapse to happen it might not happen this year. Like they got some new faces in there. Ooh, it might. Know. It might. You know, you never know with the Mets, but you know, with, with Scherzer, Degrom's going to come back eventually. Marte's been good. Conha's been good. Um, Escobar's been pretty solid. Like they do have some faces in there who are producing. Uh, Bucks looking like he's he's making a good impact as their new manager. Um, I mean, here's you know. the thing: even if they do collapse, David, it's I think it's safe to say right now it wouldn't be the Phillies that would catch them. Yeah, yeah, the Phillies got to win the games, man. Like <laughs> to win the games, the Braves are looking a lot better. The Marlins are looking a lot better. They the Phillies got to win the games to get themselves back in the conversation. We can't just keep waiting on other teams to collapse. Need Mick, man. Yeah, we do. We need to save our season. Save our season. Need them. Um, but that's honestly, David, you know, we wanted to get into more, but we kind of covered all of it. That's kind of all I have for you, you know, uh, here today. More doom and gloomy than, you know, we would want it to be, but it's just the reality of the situation right now for this Phillies baseball team. And, you know, we'll see what they can do out west. We do have the coming off that big Sixers win last night, so – at least we have some good vibes in the city. Yeah, Sixers looking good. Eagles had a fun, fun little draft, yeah. fun little offseason. So, you know, there's something to be optimistic about. I'm feeling about. the Sixers, man. I'm feeling it. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin's Kevin's very bullish on James Harden. He thinks he's leading us to the promised land, so we'll we'll see. Uh, well, he was due for last night. Yeah, very good last night. Yeah. Super fun game to watch. I was I was yelling in my apartment, so a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with, with that said, hopefully some of those good vibes – um, from the FARG can, can translate would, over to our Phillies out west. I'd like to, you know, have a good positive episode, be excited about the Phils. Yeah. Hasn't it's, happened. I, I hate getting on here and being like this. 
This is not me, man. I feel like I'm a different person doing this. Yeah, I mean, that's where that's where you should be really concerned. When Kevin's not fighting for the fills, like, we got problems. Because I'm normally pretty quick to jump off yeah. the bandwagon. But Kevin normally, he clings I mean, on. Yeah. So we got, we got issues. Yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. You got you to gotta keep it real, you know. Uh, gotta I guess keep it, it, it is early, but, like, they haven't shown me anything that would signify they're going to make a move. Or make a yeah. move in the sense of, like, climb the standings. Yeah. We'll see, I mean, though. Thirty games. That's 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 a good 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 little sample size right there. Yeah. Plenty of plenty of games to to show us show us who they are. They haven't they haven't showed us anything good quite yet. But again, yeah, hopefully West Coast trip goes our way. With that said, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on YouTube again. We're continuing to try to pump out more content, grow the YouTube. So definitely go check that out. Facebook, Twitter, social media links. Every single link is going to be down in the description below. Again, thanks everyone for the support. Um, we appreciate continuing to see our numbers climb. Um, but yeah, check out all those links. Subscribe where you want to subscribe. Follow us on the social medias. And we will talk to you all, hopefully, after a, an encouraging West Coast trip. But no, no, no promises. Uh, with that said, we're the Bullpen Blues Podcast. We'll talk to you all in a couple of days. Go Phils.